G'day you mob, Pete here, and this is another episode of Aussie English, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. So, today I have a GOSS episode for you where I sit down with my old man, my father, Ian Smithson, and we talk about the week's news, whether locally down under here in Australia or (laughs) non-locally overseas in other parts of the world, okay? And we sometimes also talk about whatever comes to mind, right? If we can think of something interesting to share with you guys related to us or Australia, we also talk about that in the goss. So, these episodes are specifically designed to try and give you content about many different topics where we're obviously speaking in English and there are multiple people having a natural and spontaneous conversation in English. So, it is particularly good to improve your listening skills. In order to complement that though, I really recommend that you join the podcast membership or the academy membership at aussieenglish.com.au where you will get access to the full transcripts of these episodes, the PDFs, the downloads, and you can also use the online PDF reader to read and listen at the same time, okay? So, if you really, really want to improve your listening skills fast, Get the transcript, listen and read at the same time, keep practicing, and that is the quickest way to level up your English. Anyway, I've been rabbiting on a bit, I've been talking a bit. Let's just get into this episode, guys. Smack the bird, and let's get into it. Where did the drop bear myth come from, Dad? Oh, this is a great story. <laughs> Do you want to go through this one? You can read oh, out the no. first bit of it. No. No? You don't want to? Oh, no, 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 no. Just no, no, no. The, the drop bear myth, <laughs> which says Australia is home to a killer species of koala that will jump from trees and latch onto you, has scared tourists for decades. But where did the myth come from? To pause, for, how epic would that be if that if we had this random- the other species that is most closely related to a koala is a predatory tree bear lion thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that will fuck you up if you go camping oh, no. yeah. and camp under the wrong tree. Like, exactly. how much would that change the the um, what would you say the the vocational or the the vacation environment in Australia? Yeah, would you would be, great, be like, there it? are places you do not you go. Don't go to <laughs> Drop Bear Valley. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So. Um, and the next bit I, I'd actually never heard of. Um, what, that it the, came from the uh, army? No. The Vegemite and everything? Yeah, or? I'd never heard the Vegemite story. Read so that you out for them. No, you, you can- all right. Have you ever plastered Vegemite all over your face? It's not the most fetching look and can take some time to scrub off. However, over the past 40 years, that's exactly the look many a visiting US soldier has willingly worn. According to... Their so-called Aussie allies, smearing your cheeks and forehead in the yeast extract reduces the risk of being attacked by a drop bear. After all, no one wants to be ripped to shreds by that carnivorous, long-fanged relation of the koala that can silently drop from the trees onto their unsuspecting prey, do they? Um, So, yeah, no, apparently, at least according to this article, and the gentleman who has the website, I'm trying to find it, um, Mythocreatology, Ian, who runs Mythocreatology, this not, originated- not this, Ian. not this Ian. This originated in, I think, around the Second World War, right? With the Allies working together with Americans- That's what they're talking about. Coming yeah. to Australia. And this joke just kind of starting, right? With, um, I guess, 
I, I don't think drop Straight. bear is originally used no, that, that but the phrase, concept but the concept of, of there yeah. being a dangerous animal in the yeah. trees. And if you wear Vegemite on your face, then it's going to, uh, you know, prevent you from being attacked. Or toothpaste behind your ears. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole point of that is obviously to just humiliate the person because there would be no other reason you would ever put that onto your body. Because you're stupid. Yeah. But the interesting thing here that blew my mind was that apparently the, um, the myth was kind of brought to... I guess, the the rest of the country in the 80s. In, I think it was 1982 they mentioned here. Yeah. Um, no, here. In a parody of the first Indiana Jones film, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981, Hoags, as in Paul Hoags Paul Hogan, Hogan. Yeah. as in Crocodile Dundee, featured drop bears in a skit in his television um, comedy, The Paul Hogan Show. So, this, for you guys who don't know, this is how Paul Hogan sort of shot to fame. He had this show back in the 70s and 80s where- yes. It was just skits and comedy. So, in the slapstick segment, Kudamundra Hoags endured untold horrors of the Australian bush, including being attacked by killer koalas silently dropping out of trees. Uh, classic drop bear behaviour, according to the Australian Museum website. So, yeah, apparently, the actor, Paul Hogan, who is Crocodile Dundee in the Crocodile Dundee movies, is the... Um, person who brought the drop bear to mainstream yes. Australia, though it had been around since the 30s and 40s in mm. Australia with the allies working together, um, you know, and that, that joke kind of getting around it. Apparently, I think it was that they had drills where for the Second World War, they would um, go through certain areas in the bush and have to look up in trees for snipers and the person waiting up in the tree would drop things down on them as a kind of, I gotcha, like oh, you just got sniped, bitch, yes. you know, I just dropped some Vegemite on your head. So, <laughs> or a 90-kilogram koala with giant fangs. I know. So, yeah, it is something that that is funny where, at least when I was doing my PhD and master's degree, I met a lot of Americans and other people who'd come over and we, we'd inevitably end up in the bush doing some, you know, fauna mm. um, survey somewhere and that joke would always come up. And a lot of them, because they were biologists, cottoned onto it and were like, that's bullshit. But then others would also be like, are you serious? serious? I had never heard of that. Why had I never heard of that if it's so dangerous? And it also, (laughs) I I was never a a scout, uh, but my friends of mine who were said, and that's, I reckon the sort of hoax thing in the 1980s is probably when it hit mainstream television. But I have a memory earlier of that, earlier than that, of friends when I was a sort of young teenager who were scouts of being told these sort of you know, ghost <laughs> stories around the campfire yeah. when you're out there of drop bears. So, I think it, yeah, that the myth had already been sitting there around and the term drop bear had been used. Um, but, you know, obviously, according to this article anyway, Paul Hogan was the one who, you know, at least put put it that's out there the on public television. Find, yeah. yeah, that's the earliest time they can find it. So, yeah, how do you feel about this? Do you feel like it's a, a funny part of Australian culture, like a... What would you call it? Not doxing. What's the sort of hazing? Hazing. Hazing. Yeah. Hazing yeah. the newbies. Doxing is kind of what shaming people by getting their work to, to find out about something they've done yes. online and, fa- and firing yeah. them. Hazing is more like you want to join a certain group. It's practical you get, joking. You have of, to go through yeah. a period of effectively humiliation or yes. trials. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think the most common version of it would be that people would know about would be- um, you know, if you were if you were in America going to college, you would be in a frat house, for example. They would haze you before you end up in the frat house. Yes. You have yeah. to, you know, I don't know, walk around on all fours naked or something and then drink a beer or whatever it yeah. is. But Have your head shoved down the toilet and all that sort of rubbish. This yeah. seems to be a hazing thing for a lot of, 
I don't know if they do it to. I guess you would do it to um, migrants. It's mostly tourists, I think, who don't speak migrants. English and come yeah. here. But I, the most common version of this, or the the most common time types of times that I I have ever done this or hear about is with Americans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it a part of Australian humour and culture? Oh, look, is it I- bullying? Yeah, I think, uh, well, it's definitely bullying if you keep doing it, but- <laughs> Yeah, um, to the detriment of the to, person's mental well, health. Exactly. <laughs> they're literally going oh, camping and they're terrified. <laughs> uh, um, look, I, I think there's a an element of Australian humour that is about taking the piss. Mm-hmm. And Do you want to explain what that expression means? Pi- it's just, it's teasing, but it's teasing in a lighthearted sense where- the other person sort of gets it. Everyone's getting kind of involved, right? Yeah. And it's sort of like everyone's part of the joke, Every, as opposed exactly. to just as opposed to just you yeah, know, the me bullying. calling you a dickhead, yeah, <laughs> and continuing to do so publicly. Yeah, uh, but I think there's there's then that element of um, that that does stretch over to bullying when and look, I've as I've said lots of times, I've got lots of American friends and American relatives, and I actually love the country apart from their politics. And their lack of gun control. And Vegemite. Um, and their lack, lack of Vegemite. Vegemite. Oh, you can buy Vegemite in supermarkets there now, so it's It was fine. too expensive. Um, <laughs> I think Americans take themselves way too seriously, just yep. in general. Mm-hmm. And they just don't get the idea of taking the piss. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, this is a very British thing that we've gotten from the, from the Brits. And, but I think we've probably think taken we've it to another it. level. Yeah, yeah. But the Brits- The Irish do it as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's well, probably a lot of where the Australia- down, The downtrodden, yes. um, you know, people in exactly. the British Empire. Yeah, for sure. But this, it's an interesting thing where it it kind of works as glue. I feel like social glue, the social cohesive glue that brings people together. When you when you can both take the piss out of one another yeah. because you're different, it brings you together. There's almost like this- Abusive relationship <laughs> from both sides. It is. It's that, a lighthearted abusive you. relationship, yeah. and and I've I've got certainly got friends and very good friends that I've had for most of my life, um, where not a large proportion, but a significant proportion of your conversation is basically lighthearted insults, mm-hmm. where there is an assumption that we both know this is not true. Yeah, but there's a subtle element that might be close to true in there. <laughs> And so, this happens with my wife and I. Yeah, never let there be a chance. <laughs> we'll be taking the piss out of each other's cultures. Yeah. Where she'll just be like, wait, you don't do that? And no. I'll be like, wait, you, do? you do? You fucking weirdo. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. And it's that. Yeah. And maybe Brazilians get it as well. Maybe I they think have Brazilians a- are the- um, they're the Australians of South America. Yeah I, yeah, I reckon they are. I truly reckon they are. At least the ones that I've met here. I mean, who knows what's waiting for me in Brazil when I go there. Maybe I'll be like- yeah, are you going to get it in Portuguese? That's the thing because a lot of the yeah. a lot of the the piss taking. This is turning it into a verb. A lot of the piss taking. Well, piss taking there is a noun, Dad. Yes. The piss taking. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, is related to um, particular terminology, vernacular, yeah. and ways of speech, and that's something as you know, and your learners will find is. It's not if you read the words written down. Mm-hmm. It's very different from when somebody says it. Can you think of any examples? Um, I know I put you on the spot. You have. Um, I probably will as soon as we stop talking. But um, I guess it's yeah, it's how you say things, right? Like if you were to say, "Good I, on you," "Good on yeah. you" is a good one. Yeah, um, intonation. Yeah, if I say uh, you do something and I come and go, "Hey Pete, good on you," 
Thanks. I say, hey, Pete, good on you. Go fuck yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's and it's a very subtle difference. <laughs> and Australians just hear it instantly. It's the Whereas dropping. It, it's yeah, the good on you good on is you. the nice one. And then yeah. the oh, good, good on, you. on you. Yeah, good it, on you. As soon it's as it that, comes up, yeah, it's, it's got the question mark at the end of it. Sarcastic that rising intonation, intonation has that sarcastic question mark of, I'm lying here. You know? <laughs> good on you. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny. It is funny how you just have to learn those things too. I wouldn't yeah. shy away from it, guys. It may, it may be one of those things where you kind of feel like you're sort of deaf or blind when it comes to understanding, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on for a long time, but the image will get clearer or the music will get louder, you know, and, and clearer the, the more you practice it. But I definitely have those moments with my wife. I'm sure she says a lot of shit that I'm like, I have no idea what you mean in yeah. terms of the subtleties, yeah. like where she'll say something and I'll just be like, hmm. But a lot of it I'm starting to clue onto and, and sort of get, mm. you know. There'll be so many of these things. Like what um, she'll always say, it, it's it's a really funny thing. I, I'd have to hear from the other Brazilians here because this is a, sam- <laughs> a sample of one. But anytime I make fun of, you know, I don't know, I'll, I'll be not necessarily making fun of any single person in her family, but I'll be like, you know, we'll, we'll have something that none of us want. And I'll just be like, oh, you could send this to your mum. You know, as a joke, mm. and she'll say, uh, "Manda para su avó." You know, send it, send it to your grandmother. You know, yeah. sort of constantly, and it's really funny. That's fine, but then as soon as I think I said to her once again, when I was saying these things, it was in English. As soon as I said it in Portuguese, and I was like, "Ah, manda para su mãe, boa." You know, send it to your mum for fuck's sake. Uh, she was like, "Now uh, I'm upset." Now you're not <laughs> overstepped. And yeah. I was like, "Wait, what? what? You could, you could insult uh, my mum." Insulting my grandmother is worse than insulting yeah. my mum in yeah. English, right? Like, because my grandmother is obviously- They're sacred. Old people are yeah, sacred. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whereas for her, and, and I don't know if this sacred. is a Northeastern yeah. thing. Yeah, the mums are sacred and the grandmother's like, ah, oh, fuck the granny. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> so, it was a really interesting thing getting used to that cultural difference mm. and that, yeah, where, where you overstep the mark and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. But that's part of it. Yeah, and I, I think um, either you've talked about or we've talked about the uh, books from the 1960s. Um, their first one was There, A Weird Mob mm-hmm. by, um, yeah, the nom de plume was Nino Colotta. Yeah. Um, and it's basically an Italian immigrant comes to Australia and thinks he speaks English but mm-hmm. doesn't really understand the Australianisms. Let me check just quickly. They're a weird mob YouTube. I have a feeling that this movie is on YouTube and you can you guys can watch it for free. Um, yeah. There's bits of it on there. Yeah. So, you the, can at least the go movie's find okay. It. The, books are, the books are funnier. So, if you get the chance to find the books. Yeah. Uh, but there's a point in the, in the first book, they're, they're a weird mob, where he starts to understand that insulting each other is what you do with your mates. Mm-hmm. And because he just kept feeling like he was being downtrodden exactly. and pushed away out of the group, whereas he finally understood that when he was being insulted, he was being included. Yeah. And that then became- That is yeah. one of the most <laughs> difficult things for me to convey to people coming to Australia. I've had that with a few friends who are Brazilian and, and from other places too that have just said, I don't understand. Like, I work as a tradie with a bunch of other guys and they're just constantly hounding me. They're constantly making fun of me, calling me a fuckhead or whatever it is, you know, yeah. making jokes. Hey, dickhead, go and pick up the bricks. And yeah. I'm like, this, yeah. is co- this is that stereotypical male bullying slash joking, hazing thing that happens with mm. even Australians where you kind of need to be involved and give back what you get to be a yes. part of the group. Because if yeah. you, it's kind of almost this weird, sick thing of if you show that you can't handle it, they're going to go harder yeah. because you can't handle it. Mm. 
And so it is it's for whether or not it's fair, whether or and not it's And they'll go okay. harder because you're not one of them. Yeah. But when you push back, you become one of them and it's- And that's what I said. I think I it said is. to him- And there's lots of, lots of times where workplace bullying- Yeah, it goes been, too far. It goes too yeah, far. Yeah, um, that things that start off as just taking the piss and then just end up being, you know, people's mental health and physical health yeah. in some cases. Well, so. One of the things that I was always telling him, you know, would be to reply, oh, did your mum tell you that joke? Yeah. You know, that sort of thing exactly. where you, where effectively you're taking the piss out of their intelligence. Yeah, another dad joke. <laughs> yeah, or just that whole, <laughs> oh, where did you hear that? Your grandmother or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and then everyone, especially if yeah. they- if they Or are, my grandma used to tell that joke. Yeah, yeah, but if they're the kind of people that get it, they'll laugh at they'll that point. Laugh. And, and that's that. Yeah, you're one of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, you get it. You can yeah. stand up for yourself and you kind of like, you know, ah, oh, fuck off, you bogan, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's one of the great insults. You know, <laughs> if I call you a bastard, that's an insult. Yeah. If I call you a mad bastard, yeah. it's a compliment. Well, the because- mad thing at the start yeah, right, it means it's- you're awesome. Yeah, you're cool, exactly. You're great. Yeah, yeah, you might be crazy, but you're one of us. Yeah. So, it is, yeah, it is a difficult thing that you kind of have to get used to here in Australia, especially mm-hmm. if you're a, a male and especially if you're a male working with other men in those kinds in of jobs. physical environments often. Where it's very informal and there's yeah. stress and you're angry. Yeah. And <laughs> there are not many women around. So, yeah. blokes there's no filter. Like blokes. Yeah. yeah. It is one of those interesting things. I'm always unsure of how much to include of that tradey kind of- just interaction and language because, yeah, you will hear swearing all the time. Mm. And it's almost like I remember when I was working at the pizza shop, it would be the same thing, but you would have to turn it on and off. You're on the front of the house in front of people that are coming into the customers. You're not doing it. Uh, but out the back, everyone's like, oh, and fuck I, it. And I find, it, as you know, our listeners would be aware, I tend to swear a lot. Um, Less than me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but But even I have that sort of um, formality filter- uh, where and I don't think about it. I, it's just yeah. You know, I it turns off and it turns on. Yeah. And every well, now and people then, listening will have that in their yeah, own language. Exactly, you will. And different circumstances. Yeah. You know, and it, it's the where does the dark grey turn into light grey in terms of when you do it or don't do it. But yeah. the uh, I remember it was a couple of days ago. I was yeah. You know, I, I can't remember where I was, but I was in a shop somewhere buying something, and the. Guy who was selling it, you know, just over the counter, was probably my age, you know, mid sixties, mm-hmm. and he just started <laughs> what swearing, yeah. <laughs> and he says, "Those things are no fucking good, mate. Why don't I get you one of these?" Yeah, and I went, "Um, excuse me." It's so funny though, that they can go both directions. <laughs> yeah, they can go the direction of, and and even though you're the kind of person where it's like in another situation, I would speak exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah I'd be at the pub where somebody was saying. Oh, I bought this new lawnmower. I'm like, oh, they're no fucking good. Why don't you get a good one? Yeah. Whereas, and I wasn't buying lawnmowers, yeah. but it was one of those things where I instantly trusted what the guy was talking about. And that's the other side of it, right? Where you're like, it's almost associated with honesty. Yeah. But whereas if it was your mum in there, he probably would have behaved completely differently. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't have turned to her and go, they're no fucking good, madam. We should get one of these. You well, know? you have to that's- tell the uh, story about that um, restaurant lady that set the- Oh, the, I think we've probably talked the, about that at some the, point. But you the might Italian well family that had this little restaurant in Fitzroy when yeah. I was a university what student the fuck in the seventies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my all-time favorite restaurant, and it only lasted I don't know how long. It was yeah, probably a year, and 
It was a little place. As in, place lasted in, as in the way that she would speak? Or no, no, no. He just disappeared. Yeah, they made their fortune and left, I suspect. Yeah. But either that or the police locked them up and <laughs> you know, took them away. But it was, when I was a university student, nobody, you know, when you're an undergraduate student, you, you've got no money. And so anywhere that sold good, lots of good, cheap food, you know, you go, right, we'll go there. So a couple of mates said, oh, I went to this really cool restaurant. I want to go down there again tonight. So, And he walked in the front door and there's... Typically, um, little old Italian lady, all dressed in black, and you know she was about four foot ten tall. <laughs> and yeah, when I was eighteen years old, she was yeah she was probably sixty, but she could have been eighty. And you, know, you walk in the front door, and she turned and go, "What do you fucking want?" <laughs> I can't do an Italian accent, so uh, what do you fucking want? And and, and I <laughs> apologies to all my Italian friends, and and it's looked at and went, "Excuse me, yeah. what?" And it turned, out, it turned out <laughs> table. that was all she spoke in English. Really? And she would just <laughs> point to the table and you'd go and sit down. And the best thing about this place was that none of the cutlery matched, none of the crockery matched, mm-hmm. but they'd come and they'd bring you, yeah, yeah, there was one meal for the day. Yeah, they Right, we got spaghetti and meatballs today. And they'd just bring this big bowl, dump it on the table. You'd pay about four bucks each mm-hmm. and you'd have a glass of wine. And yeah, when I was 18 years old, I didn't drink wine. But as Italians, you drink wine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, a glass of wine and as much spaghetti as you could eat for four bucks. Thought, this is fantastic. But uh, yeah, this little old lady, she was the greeter. Yeah, at the mm-hmm. door. What do you fucking want? <laughs> yeah, not the ideal person. And for I the suspect job. her grandchild, who was <laughs> yeah. probably taught her that, uh, yeah, grandma, yeah, nonna, you, yeah. this is what you say. Yeah. What the so, fuck? What do the you fuck want? do you want? Yeah. So you said it was like part of the reason you kept going back. Oh, right? it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the entertainment, <laughs> <laughs> getting greeted at the door, it, and you get your mates in there and go, "Hang on, hang on, shut up, shut up, shut up, you idiots!" At the back, yeah, you're all making noise. You open the door and you, "What do you fucking want?" This. Oh, okay. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because you kind of like if you were if that were an Australian woman saying that it would be taken completely differently. Oh, you turn around and walk out. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is so funny how contextual that is. And that's why I'm always saying to people like who are learning English, you know, don't the swearing obviously you have to try and work out informal versus formal situations, especially yes. the most stark examples, right? You're not in a yeah, job. Christmas interview. dinner with your grandparents. Yeah. And yeah, depending what on what your grandparents What the fuck is this food, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who forgot the brandy butter again? You have to get to a point where you no longer care about your grandparents' reactions. Either that or they swear. And you know, I, <laughs> yeah. if I'm old enough to, yeah, if I live long enough to have your children and your sister's children, um, swearing Dropping at me, F-bombs swearing at the table. At me, I'll be very happy, I yeah, think. You but, yeah, you yeah. reckon? Yeah. Not when they're seven, but... Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's funny how that's context dependent. Yeah. Oh, at five, you can't, but if you're 15, yeah, you can tell me to go fuck myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you know what it means. Yeah. But it is interesting how those, like, yeah, people can get away with... It. I think I'm the same. When I speak Portuguese, I can say and do a lot more things that I think a normal Portuguese speaker would just never be able to get away with. Do you mean a Portuguese speaker or a Brazilian? Well, any of them. Yeah. Right, a yeah. native speaker of the language because yeah. they would be expected to understand and get all the nuances. And it's the same. Whenever I catch up with Brazilians, my wife's always like, you're so much funnier in Portuguese <coughs> when you're speaking. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm playing with the language yeah, and making I'm, jokes. I'm doing and I, Australian. When yeah. I, when I kind of want to see how it all works. You know, if I say this, are you guys going to laugh? Uh-huh. Is this work, Does this work like this? What's the strength of this? If I say like caralho or something like that, you know, what, how do I... I can hear it, but I don't understand how to use it, right? Like the, these swear words. And so, I'll make jokes and I'll, you know, use these sorts of words. But, and then she'll be like, but in English, you never make those jokes. And I'm like, yeah, because I understand it. I understand. And I'm it's not, not testing funny. it. It's yeah. not funny if I just suddenly say, you know, ah, fuck wit, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. 
you know, in the same context. If if you guys were all English speakers, you'd be like, what do you got, Tourette syndrome or something? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we can finish up this episode. We can. Here. We've sworn enough. I know. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. See you soon. Bye. Yeah. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs>